us. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. You said in your word that where two or three of us are gathered together, there you are in the midst. We have the assurance of your presence tonight. And thank you for being here. For unto you alone shall be the garden of your people. Thank you, Papa. We bless you, Lord. Establish our hearts in your word tonight. Thank you that you give us assurance and confidence of the power of your spirit moving in us. We bless you, Father. We praise your name forever. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Received the Father, He loves you. First John 4 19. It says, We love God because He first loved us. That's very important. Because sometimes when we read this verse, we are thinking there's something we need to work up in order to love God. That's not what God is saying. To the degree that you and I understand that God loves us and we embrace that love that he has for us, he, God, now places a deposit within you called the Holy Spirit that allows you, helps you to reciprocate in loving God back. There is no human being on their own, no matter how devout you are, no matter how pious you are, there are not formulas and things and policies and rules you can put in place that cause you to love God. It's not possible. But it is God, the Bible says in Romans 5.5, 5, who is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost, his own love. Amen? Okay, so that is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. Go on. Listen to the Lord, and God help all of us now to listen. In Jesus' name. Amen. You leaders of Sodom. No, 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 wait a minute. What happened? Can you believe fake news in the house of God? <laughs> How in the world did this happen? First Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 10. Wow. <laughs> How do we get from loving God to go to Sodom? <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Thank you. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. But it was to us. Who's us? Me and you. That God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Next verse, please. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Go on, sir. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. That is very important. That emphasis there is very, very important. Because you and I don't, we don't think about that. We have received what? Whose spirit did we receive? God's spirit. Thank you. An emphasis here, not the world's spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Verse 13, 
Wow. We went from 12 to 13, to 14. Where's 13? Thank you. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Now, by the way, by the way, we used to think this verse in the past. We used to think this verse is just talking about unbelievers. Not necessarily. There are believers who are not spiritual. I'm taking a pause because I want that to sink in. By that I mean, if you're a believer and you are always using the world's point of reference in your thinking, in your judgment, in your assessment, if you are always using the world's method, then you're not spiritual. And hopefully God is going to help us to make that change. Amen? Amen. And you will see what I mean in, in, in a minute. Verse 15, those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. Verse 16 is really where I'm going to come for a minute. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Now, please, that verse 16, priority me. Give me that verse 16 now, just verse 16 in the Amplified Classic. Thank you. Verse 16 alone in the Amplified Classic. Let me read that. For who has known or understood the mind? What's the mind? The counsels and purposes of the Lord so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge. Who? But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah. What does that mean to have the mind of Christ? And we do hold the thoughts, the feelings, and purposes of his heart. For me, this last three months has been on this one verse. And I'm telling you, if you embrace and understand it, it's a game changer. Game changer. Now, we're going to pray on this in a minute. In, in, in the next couple of, we're going to pray on this one verse very quickly. But before we do that, the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, it's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You guys familiar with that scripture? Good. Somehow, though, even though the scripture is so clear, somehow, in our traditional understanding, at least me, I used to make the, not the argument, the statement that that new creation only affected our spirit man. 
And that therefore, our soul or our mind remains untouched or unchanged. <laughs> you guys are looking at me very quizzically. That's what, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. But when you look at that scripture and look at what we are reading here, we, look, look, look at what the scripture says. We have the mind of Christ. It is that we are going to get it. Do you know what it means to have something? By a show of hands, how many of you have a car? An automobile, a car. Let me see your hands. So you know you have the car, right? Okay. Having a car is not the same thing as I'm going to get one. Is that, is that correct? Amen. When you have it, it means that what? You have it. Break it down for a Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. Having a car means you have one. He didn't say you're going to go tomorrow and buy one, or you're going to get one next week or next year or in 10 years' time. He said, you have one. Here the Bible says to me and you, we have, present tense, the mind of Christ. And we know that this is true. It has to be true. Because when you go back and read in Deuteronomy chapter 28, where God laid out the blessings and the curses under the law, Verses 1 through 14 lays out all the blessings that will come upon the Israelites if they follow and obey the laws of God. And verses 15 through 68 lists all the curses that will come upon them for non-compliance or disobedience upon the law of the law. One of the things that was addressed in that passage Please give, it, give me Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 66. Give it to me. Ah, let's add the Amplified. Verses 66, 67, and 68. Now, this is not our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me say that before we read it. This was part of the curse under the law. Your life shall hang in doubt before you, Day and night you shall be worried. Where does worry take place? What realm? Mind, spirit, or body? Your mind. Your mind. Day and night you shall be worried. Worry, anxiety, depression was part of the curse of the law. I have no assurance of your life. In the morning you shall say, will that it were evening? And at evening you shall say, would that it were morning because of the anxiety and dread of your minds, hearts, and the sights which you shall see with your own eyes. Again, that is not our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. But I needed to show you that because that was part of the curse of the law. Now, if we know now in Christ, in Galatians chapter 3, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Because cursed is the mind that hangs on the tree. So if Jesus redeemed you and I from the curse of the law, do we still have this? Absolutely not. 
absolutely not. So your mind and my mind are the same as the mind of Christ. This is critical. Now, we're going to go into prayer, but you need to understand, because, you see, if, if, if these, these elementary things are not clear to us, if we don't understand the issue of our identity, our identity now is like, is like we have the mind of Christ. If you don't receive that, understand that, you struggle. You struggle. But if you understand what I'm saying tonight, uh, I'm going to give you a couple of testimonies in a, testimonies in a minute, but I just need to make this properly. Okay? So please give me that 1 Corinthians 9, no, 1 Corinthians 2, 16 again in Amplified. I want us to pray on that now. I want us to make a confession on that right now. Praise God. And let me just say this to us as we, as we proceed in these teachings, in these times of prayer and praying. It's not sufficient for you and I to hear a truth and just passively receive that truth. You know what I mean by passively? You just say, okay, I believe it. And you just sit there, you are quiet, you, you internalize it, but you don't do anything else with it. That's being passive. Okay. How else can I say this? Air. Are you breathing? Good. I hope so. <laughs> you cannot breathe one time and then the next minute stop breathing. And think the breath of the last time will carry you. Did you follow what I'm saying? You, you cannot say, okay, it's 8.13. I'm going to breathe at 8.13, but I will not breathe at 8.15. And expect... That the breath at 8.13 will carry you at 8.15, 8.20, 8.30, 8.45. What am I saying? When you see the truth of the word of God, you must immerse yourself in that truth 24-7. That's the only time it works. Because even with me, with what I'm saying to you, that I'm seeing, and I'm seeing some radical, mind-blowing results, and I'm saying to myself, whoa, it really works like this? But the moment I back away from it, the moment for a, for a second that I back away from it and I'll know that I've backed away, everything stops working. It stops working. Yeah. It's like the air you breathe. Having the mind of Christ cannot go on holiday. You can't take time off and say, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to pack the mind of Christ. I'm going to put on my kind of mind. You're finished. Before we make this confession, let's, let's go through this. The mind of Christ. Was it riddled with disease? <laughs> Come on, guys. It's not, it's not a great question. Was his mind, was, he, was the, the Christ mind... Was it riddled with sickness or disease? No. Oh. How about poverty? How about uh, not being holy? How about being slothful? How about being hate hateful? Of course not. Of course not. And that's what we're trying to get you to. Because that's where God wants you to be. Because when you actually embrace the mind of Christ, everything that was true for Christ will be true for you. But I'm, I'm looking at you now. Some of you are looking and saying, ah, yeah, you are right. You're already saying that. 
Because in your mind, you just cannot comprehend that. But you must understand what happened to you at salvation, that you are joined together with him. How in the world are you going to be joined together with him and, you have the, and he has the mind of God and you have the mind of a carnal person? How does that work? Doesn't the Bible itself says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? I mean, these things are there. And we're going to take a more, a, 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 another look at it. But let's, can we just, if you can stand, can you just stand, please? Let's just, let's just pray this one scripture right now. All right. If you just repeat after me. And I, I pray that God will fill your heart with faith, that you really fully understand this and you embrace it in Jesus' name. So, just say, after, say Father, Father, I thank you, I thank you. that you have given me the mind of Christ as a gift of your grace. You have given me your righteous mind. I hold the thoughts, the feelings, and the purposes of your heart toward myself, towards others, and towards the circumstances in my life. Today, I embrace that as my true identity and I thank you for changing the way I think by the power of your spirit in Jesus name amen you may be seated now, now you may think that's, that's, that's so simplistic but that's the amazing thing about God let, let me tell you why we cannot be passive even your salvation you just didn't believe and was passive. Go, please go to Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. And I need to move on. Romans 10, 9. Any translation is fine. Okay, because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and in your heart believe... Now, did you, see, did you see what the scripture just said? So in your heart, you believe. Mm-hmm. But it didn't stop there. What did he want you to do? He wants you to go from believing to confessing with your lips. Give it to me in the New King James. Give me verse 8. Ah, good. But what does it say? The word is near you. Where is it near you? In your mouth. And in your heart. Notice the two places. In your mouth and in your heart. So God does just not want me to be passive having it just in my heart. Because my mouth activates what's in my heart. That's how we are changed. Not just by internalizing it alone. It's in your heart, yes, I know that. It's in your heart. But what activates, what brings manifestation, what makes things change is when you now begin to voice out what's in your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth has to speak. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now give me verse, 10, verse 9, okay. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, 
and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So salvation involves both believing in the heart and the heart's confession. Now, I'm not saying that if a person peradventure believe in their heart and they die, they didn't say that that means they will not be saved. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just telling you that as a rule of the thumb, there has to be an expression out of your mouth of the things you believe in your heart. And that's where I think many of us are missing it big time. We are becoming passive believers where we say, oh yeah, we have a mental sense of believing the scripture, but on the day-to-day, hour by hour, minute by minute basis, we don't proclaim it. You don't speak it out. And this is what's happened to me over these last three months. I've had different situations in my life for which I've had to go to God and accepting, embracing the fact that I have the mind of Christ. Now, we came back from Vietnam. While we were there, we, we had an arrangement or an agreement or a plan with two ministries we worked with. And I lived there with, uh, with the understanding of what we were going to do. I got home in the first week in my communication with both of those ministries. One did not even reply at all for about, oh, how long? Revelation is not here. Kunle is not here. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe about three weeks. I didn't, everything was mute. The other one will reply, will, will reply but will not address the question I'm asking. I don't know if you ever get messages like that. I asked three questions, they answer one, I leave two unanswered. <laughs> What's wrong with these people? I mean, over and over and over, and I, I was becoming aggravated. Because with me, I'm trying to make some plans and put things in place so I know that all my dogs are in a row, so I, can, I know where I'm going. And for about a month, I mean, I must have sent about five, six different messages. One day in a to, to one, not one time. Now, this is what happens. So in my mind now, without the mind of Christ, you put on the, mind, the world's mind. Because you can have, two, you can have both. You either have the mind of Christ in any given situation or the world's mind. There, there's, no, there's no neutral. It's either or. So with my, mind, with my world's mind now, I'm thinking, wow. Maybe we, maybe we thought that grace message too much. Maybe they're getting biased with remorse. Maybe, I mean, all kinds of crazy things. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Yes. So finally, I got a hold of this truth, revelation. And I began to pray the prayer. Very simple prayer. Very, very simple. Father, I thank you that I have the mind of Christ. I have your feelings, your thoughts, and the purposes of your heart. And not only for me, and I mentioned the missionary's name, mm-hmm. that they also have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. They have the feelings, the thoughts, and the purpose of Christ. Mm-hmm. Over and over, all day long. All day long. All day long. I'll be driving, I'll say it. I'm laying in my bed, I'm saying it. Do you not know, in two days' time, both of those missionaries wrote me, I mean, within five minutes apart, and neither of them knew what I was talking to the other, other one about. 
and both of them began to address the things that were left unattended. All of a sudden. And were apologizing for the delay, da 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 the on and on, and then they couldn't stop writing. I said, my goodness. Maybe. <laughs> Seriously. Amen. Yeah. I was talking to Sam Shomi yesterday. Well, talking about some things. I, I can't really go into the details of it. And again, it's an issue, it's a problem. And I said to him, I said, man, this, this, this problem, if we don't resolve it, this is what's going to happen. And immediately I remembered again, I have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what it means to have the mind of Christ. Was there ever any situation that overwhelmed Jesus? Now, we're going to be teaching this for a whole week ne- in, next month. I'm just giving a small portion for us to use to pray now. That's it, because it's, it's, it's vast. Only one time did Jesus got, came under what we can call anxiety at the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, my God, is it possible for this cup to pass over me? Mm. And before I could finish saying it, not my will, but that will be done. Immediately, he was back in the mind of God. And the Bible says, angels came and strengthened him. I'm telling you what works. So me and Sam were talking about this situation yesterday. Today, 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 I was, not even, I, was not even, I was not even, other than making my confession and just trusting God and having this mind of Christ. God just said to me, have you considered X, Y, Z? Just like that. I was not thinking about the situation, but he just brought it to me. Have you considered this? I said, no, I haven't. I jumped up. Bam, 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 got on my computer. Bang! Whoa! This is real. It's there. It's available. Case solved. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. There's, a, there's an individual that my wife and I are in a relationship with. And this person has been acting very funny over the last couple of months. So together, we made this confession. Have the mind of Christ, the feelings, thoughts, and purposes of his heart. And that individual also has the mind of Christ. The feelings, thoughts, and purposes of God's heart. We prayed over them. Do you not know on Christmas Day this person knocked on my door and showed up? Am I talking? Just like that. Listen, it works. The issue is we have to embrace. We have to say, God, this is the truth. I embrace it. I want to walk in it. Do you notice in that scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 16, how many times the Spirit of God, of the Spirit, by the Spirit, you, you, do you remember how many times it was referenced? One more truth. When it comes to the issue of our mind, go to Romans chapter 12 for me. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to tell you, I wish I knew this two years ago or five years ago. I really did. I really do. Because it's foundational. How can you even pray effectively if you don't have the mind of Christ?
Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Thank you. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the masses of God, that you present your bodies alone. Okay, give me verse 2. <laughs> give me verse 2. <laughs> verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's what got us all messed up for a long time. That, that, the way it says it. Now, if you understand English language very well, you still get it. But for people like me that paid money to learn English, <laughs> I needed further translation to understand this. Because when it says be transformed, in the original Greek, it means you that is being transformed, something or someone else is doing the transforming. Not you. But I was taught as a believer, as a young believer, that I'm the one doing the transforming. Ah, bank, you better get in your world so you can, you can, you can be renewed in your, in your mind, so you can be transformed. So we are striving, we are struggling, so we can be renewed. And if you can do that, then what's, what's God's role? Hmm. Absolutely not. You cannot renew yourself. Now, that does not give you liberty to say, ah, since I don't renew myself, I'm just going to live like a pig and I'll still be renewed. No, you will suffer. Give me the NLT. Let me see. That verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God, let God, let God, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So who is doing the transforming? God. Absolutely. It's God that does the transforming. It's God that does it from the inside out. It's God that's doing transforming from the inside out. You have to understand that. And you have to embrace that. It is as you embrace it that God releases the fruit in through your life. It's God that's doing the transforming. Transforming into a new person by changing the way you think. Point, case and point. If you are still thinking today the way you used to think five years ago, ten years ago, nothing has happened in your life. I'm sorry to say that. If you still see things the way you saw it before Christ, that's the way you still think, that's the way you see people, that's the way you still see yourself, that's the way you see people, things around you, circumstances, nothing has happened. You need to go back to the cross. Because when God begins to transform me and you, he gives us his feelings, his thoughts, and the purposes of his heart. Okay, let me make that plain. How does God feel towards your brother? 
are God. How does it feel towards your spouse? In spite of, regardless of, despite what? So if I'm still struggling with loving my brother, with loving my sister, with loving my spouse, with loving my boss, with loving my employer, with loving a fellow employee, if I'm struggling with that, I do not have the mind of Christ. Because the mind of Christ says, I have his feelings, his thoughts, and his purposes. So now, 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 listen, we all struggle in different areas. I have not arrived. There are times when I don't love certain people, like I ought to. But what I'm saying to you and, you, you, you and I is, I don't camp and think it's fine. When I sense myself not loving as I ought to, I don't receive that as something that's normal. I immediately go to God. God, help me. Spirit of God, change the feelings that I have towards this individual. It's not right. Because I have the mind of Christ. And therefore, I have your feelings, your thoughts, your purposes of your heart. And the feelings and purpose of God's heart is to love everybody. For God loved the, so loved the world. Even your so-called enemies. He says you should bless them. 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 So immediately you see your feelings being at variance to who God is. You need to ask God to help you. Don't be passive and just think it's normal. Uh, get over that. No. No. Absolutely no. You need to address it. Ah. Let's go to John chapter 8 verse 32. Give that to me in a passion translation. John 8 32. Wow, wow, wow. John 8.32. In the Passion Translation. Oh, yeah, I like that diagram, the mind of Christ. Uh-huh. <laughs> Somebody should make a hat on a baseball hat and, and put it on there. <laughs> the mind of Christ. John 8.32. Passion Translation. John chapter 8, verse 32, passion, the passion, TPT. Thank you. Huh? Yeah, yeah, can, I, can, I, can somebody shout it out for me? Oh, here we go. Watch this. For if you embrace the truth, what happens? The truth you embrace will release true freedom into your lives. That's what happens. When you embrace the truth of the word of God, the truth you embrace does the releasing within you of freedom into your lives. And that's what makes you pray effectively. That's what makes you pray effectively. Because in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, you will see how this lines up with prayer now. Proverbs 16, verse 3. Give it to me in the Amplified. Proverbs 16, verse 3. Ah. 
Proverbs 16.3, Amplified. Amplified Classic. Thank you. See what it says. Roll your works upon the Lord, which means you commit and trust them wholly to him. Watch what happens. He, who is he? God. God will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. End of prayer. <laughs> he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established, and what? So you are not struggling to, to, to cut and paste your will or your desires on God. No. No. Once you have the mind of Christ, Jesus takes what you are thinking and what you are desiring. He filters them through the prism of the Holy Spirit. And it comes back to you and, and, and aligns your will with his will. And then, of course, now when you, when you now proclaim it, you're proclaiming God. It's automatic. You get results. Amen? Oh, let me find a place to cut it out so we can pray. Mm. Philippians 2.13. Uh, one or two more scriptures and then we're going to pray. We're going to go. Philippians 2.13, the Amplified. Thank you. Oh, wow. Praise God. That's lightning speed. Keep that speed, my friend. <laughs> Don't go back to any other speed. Keep this speed. <laughs> Not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. What is he doing? Energizing and creating in you the power and what? Desire. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Can we just stand up again and pray this prayer? Because this is important. This is the issue of desire. This is where our desires line up with God's will and his desire. And the Bible is telling us here that it is God that is at work to make that happen. But for that to be so, you and I have to embrace the truth. And once we embrace the truth, God, by his spirit, releases the life in us to make it so. There's a Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I, acknowledge I acknowledge that it is you that is at work effectively in me. You are energizing me. You are creating in me the power and desire both to will and to work for your good, for your pleasure, for your satisfaction, and for your delight. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I receive it now. I thank you that you are at work both to will and to do of your good pleasure. I thank you for the manifestation of the good result that it will bring in my life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. One last scripture and then we are going to pray. Ezekiel 36, 
verses 26 to 27. <sighs> Ezekiel 36, thank you. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Now, let me just help us here. No, let's go back to verse 26. Thank you. When it says there a new heart, when you go to the Strong's Concordance Translation, Strong's Dictionary, it defines the heart there as, let me give it to you. It defines the heart there as, uh, yeah. The mind, thinking, understanding, the seat of emotions, feelings, the will, and even the intellect of a person. So even though he uses the word heart, broken down, that means the mind, the thinking, the understanding, the seat of emotions, feelings, the will, and even the intellect of a person. So now, I want to read that verse now, inserting that definition instead of the word heart. Can you give me that scripture in the uh, NLT, please? Thank you. That verse 26. Thank you. So I'm going to read it now, and I'm going to, instead of what it says, the heart, I'm going to use the word, the definition for the word mind. So he says, and I will give you a new mind, a new thinking, a new understanding, a new set of emotions, a new feeling, a new will, and even the intellect of a person. And I will put a new spirit in you. Do you understand now? I wanted to read that and give you that definition to help you get a deeper understanding of the kind of new creation you are. Mm, you didn't hear what I said. You and I are a new creation. But what does that mean? What does it mean to me a new creation? It's not just that your old spirit mind is recreated. That is so. That is true. Along with that, it gives you a new heart, which is a new mind, a new thinking, a new understanding, a new seat of emotion, even your intellect. Listen, this is the top secret. God made you and I a brand new mind. That's it. And when you embrace that identity, first of all, it changes the way you see yourself, it changes the way you see people, and it changes every circumstance around you completely. And then when you pray, you can pray more effectively because you are now praying with the mind of Christ. Okay, let's, 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 let's do some prayer. Let, let me stop there. And let's, let's spend some time in prayer. The, the first point I want us to pray tonight is, let's believe God for the mind of Christ for our children. We are called to bring, build strong families. Uh, give me the scripture in Isaiah chapter 59, verses 20 and 21. Isaiah 59. In the NLT, please. 
Isaiah 59, verses 20 and 21. Thank you. The Redeemer will come to Jerusalem to buy back those in Israel who have turned from their sins, says the Lord. That's us. Verse 21. And this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit will not leave them. And neither with these words I have given you. They will be on your lips and on the lips of your children and your children's children for how long? Ah, uh, you guys are not saying, you are not talking like you really believe it. Forever. Forever, yes. I, the Lord, have spoken. Can we agree together tonight that the covenant that God has given us and the spirit has placed upon us, the Bible assures us that that spirit will not only be upon us, but it will be upon our children and their children's children. And even the word that is committed to us. Can we pray on that tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Begin to call upon God. Thank you, Jesus. Guys, are you guys going to pray? Are you just, are you, I just told you that the way to manifest what you believe is to declare that of your lips. And even if you don't have, if you don't have children now, just pray it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Redeemer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You have come to redeem us. And we stand upon the integrity of your word tonight. Upon your promises which shall not fail. My Lord God, you spoke in your word and you perform it. You are the one that hastened over your word to bring it to pass. Your word will never return unto you void. And so, Father God, we take a position, we take a stand tonight concerning our families. In particular, concerning the children that you've given us. My Lord and God, we bring your word to remembrance. Because you are in covenant with us. Your spirit, which is upon us, will be upon our children. And their children's children, in the name of Jesus, the word of God, upon which we are upheld, will not only work in our lives, that same word will work in, their, in our children's lives, and our children's children, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, God. We bless you, Lord, tonight. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your covenant which you cannot break. Your covenant which you come with us shall stand. Thank you that our children will flourish, they will prosper. They are for signs and for wonders. In the name of Jesus, they be a glorious light in their generation, declaring your glory. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father God. I thank you for your word, Father God. In Isaiah 54, verse 13, you said you will teach all our children and they will enjoy great peace. Ah, Father, I thank you tonight that our children are taught by the Lord. I thank you tonight, Father God, that our children are not only taught by you, but they also enjoy great peace. In the name of Jesus, wherever they are tonight, whatever they are doing tonight, my Lord and my God, in Jesus' name, 
We cast our cares for our children upon you. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is teaching them and they will enjoy great peace in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for your word. In Isaiah 49, verse 25, you said you will contend with those who contend with us and, your children, and our children you will save. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you contend with those that contend with us. But your promise holds concerning our children. You say, our children, you will save. And so, God, we thank you for the deliverance and the salvation of our children. In the name of Jesus, the enemy cannot have them. The devil cannot have our children. Our children are a heritage of the Lord our God. And the fruit of the womb is your reward. In the name of Jesus, thank you for our children. Thank you that you saved them. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, we pray according to Psalms 112, verses 1 and 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalms 112, 112. Psalms 112. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father God, you said our descendants shall be prosperous and influential. That's what you said concerning our children. In the name of Jesus, our descendants, our children, they shall be prosperous. Prosperity is coming to our descendants. Prosperity is coming to our children. And according to your word, they shall have influence. In the name of Jesus, every generation of the godly will experience his favor. My Lord and God, we pray your favor over our children. We pray your favor over them, Lord. They will enjoy the favor of the Lord their God. In the name of Jesus, concerning Jesus, he said God favored him. He had favor with God and with man. We receive that same favor for our children. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalms 103, verse 17 in the NIV. Psalms 103, verse 17 in NIV. 103, verse 17 in NIV. Father, you said in your word that from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with their children's children. My Lord, God, we thank you. We thank you that from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We thank you for your tender mercies. We thank you for your loving kindness. We bless your name, Lord, for our children that they establish your righteousness in the name of Jesus. The allurements of this world, the defilement of this world will not, will not. Uh, mar them. It will not scare them. In the name of Jesus, our children are blessed because they are the seed of righteousness. We declare their blessing. We praise you for their blessing. We bless your name for their blessing. In the name of Jesus, they are for signs and they are for wonders to the glory of God. In the name of Jesus.
Thank you, Father. Mandara Kabaha. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Mama Handara Kabaha. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Mama, Mama, Mahandara Kabashakada. Mama, Mahandara Kabashiketo Kuba Handara Kabaha. Erekebe Hondekebo Baba Handara Kabaha. Erekabashukoto Lodokobaha. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord Jesus. Mama Handa Rakabasha. Mereke Berukuba Handa Rakabaha. Mama Dereke Bishokotolo Dokuba Rakabaha. Mama Manda Rakabasha Katalada. Marakaba Shiketolo Dokuba Rakaba. Mama Mahanda Just run it up. Mereke Bishokotolo Dokuba Rakaba. Mandara kaba shiki tolo doko barakaba. Mama mandara kaba. Mandara kaba. You good? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the transformation. What's happening in our love and the love of our children and everything that concerns us in kind. It's you that we have been doing it, it's you that we doing it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we surrender to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We honor you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. We have a few minutes remaining, but we need to pray. Isaiah 62, verse 2. Isaiah 62, verse 2. He said, And the Gentiles shall see your righteousness, and all the kings your glory, and ye shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. I don't know the name you think you have before. When the pastor is, is, was teaching, we see it as, as an impossibility. Where do we go from here? But it is God that will give us a new name. To open your mouth and say, Father, I receive that new name. The name of your righteousness. Father, the name of your grace to do what is right. Father, I receive it. I receive it, Lord. I receive it, Lord. Father, the new name I'm having is you that is giving me a new name. You are giving my family a new name. You are giving my children a new name. Any name the Gentiles have known us before, Father, we reject it. We take a new name. The name that obeys your word. The name that relates with you as a father. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We glorify and then we magnify you. We exalt you. Hallelujah to your holy because you are a good God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the new name you are giving to me. I receive the new name. I receive it, Lord. I receive it, Lord. Hallelujah to your holy name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Our God is a God of impossibilities. What you think is hard for you to do, you give us the will and the grace to do it. Verse 4, that's Isaiah 64, say, you shall no longer be termed forsaken. 
neither shall your land anymore be turned desolate, but you shall be called Heziba and the land Beulah, for the Lord delighted in you, and your land shall be married. For God to be delighted in me, it means that he is not judging me, but he's just giving me grace. Open your mouth and say, Father, thank you because you are delighted in me. You are delighted in me to do me good. Father, thank you because you are delighted in me. Thank you, Lord, for the love you have. You say, I'm no longer forsaken. Father, I'm not forsaken. You are giving me grace to live right. You are giving me grace to think right. Father, I thank you. I magnify you. I worship you. Hallelujah to your holy name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. God is interested in rearranging us. That's why the, the, our pastor is taking it the way he's taking. I don't know the name you have been answering from the beginning of this year. I don't know the name you have been answering, carried forward, carried from past years. But God is restructuring everything. In in Genesis 17, verse 5, he was talking to Abraham. Abraham had been carrying that name for so many years. And it was his identity. It was what he, people see him. I don't know what you think is his identity. But he said, neither shall you, neither shall you, your name, anymore be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. When he was talking of the, of the wife also, he said, and, and God said unto Abraham, as for Sarai thy wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. God is changing the name your name and the name of your spouse. You're changing the name of your family. So put your mouth and say, Father, I receive a new name. The name of honor. The name of fulfillment. I receive a new name. The name that fulfills the prophecy in my life. Father, I receive a new name. My family receive a new name. The name that we obey you. We listen to you. We hear your word. We obey you. Father, we receive a new name. The name that trusts in your promises. Father, we thank you. We exalt your name, Lord. Hallelujah to your holy name. We receive a new name. We receive a new name. We receive a new name. Even to our children, in Genesis 32, verse 28, he was talking about the son of Abraham. He changed the, he changed the name of Abraham, changed the name of Sarai. He didn't stop there. He changed the name of his son. He said, thy name shall be, shall no more be Jacob, but Israel. For as a priest had that power with God and with men and have prevailed. So, so it means our entire family is transformed. 
you are transformed, your spouse is transformed, your son is transformed, it means your generation is transformed with a new name. We are, we are serving God of impossibility. We are transformed in Jesus' name. Lift your hand and say, Father, I thank you. I thank you because my family is transformed. From this day, we are obeying you. We are living in your promises. Father, we glorify your name. We worship you because you are a perfect God. You love others. He said, give us a new name. Give me a new name. My spouse, a new name. My children, a new name. Father, we have a new identity. Men will see us and say, ah, God has favored these ones. Father, we thank you. It will not be hard for us to obey you. Father, we will obey you, Lord. We will obey you, Lord. We will obey you. Thank you, good God. Hallelujah to your holy name. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Glorify you. Hallelujah. 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 Deuteronomy 28, verse 30 says, All people of the earth shall see you and call. All people of the earth shall see you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. Fear is not our portion because God has given us victory. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for opening our eyes to see what you have planned for us, what you are doing in our life. We thank you for the transformation and the change of story, change of identity. Father, we thank you because we are moving in line with your promise, with your direction. Father, we thank you because you are putting your righteousness into our life. Our identity is attached to you. Father, your mind is what you are giving to us. We have the mind of Christ. Father, impossibility is no longer part of us. Father, men will see us and glorify your name. Hallelujah to your holy name. Thank you, good God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. So just lift up your hands tonight. Just give him praise. This is just the beginning.